listening to the Leadership Woman podcast with me, Jill Savile. And today's guest is Annika. I'm not going to try and pronounce your surname. She's Swedish. She lives in Luxembourg. Your LinkedIn says that you're a keynote speaker and trainer, executive director of the JMT. I know you are, John Maxwell team. Also, you're an author and a podcast host. So I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> I know that you started before I did. And today we're going to talk about... Annika's experiences over the last few years and her leadership lessons. So welcome, Annika. Thank you so much. Thank you. And maybe we can start with how do you say your surname? Okay. So being from Sweden, having a name that is actually the name of a little village and having lived outside of Sweden for my whole adult life, I have not yet met a person who's not Swedish who can pronounce my name the way we say it in Sweden, but it's Turnerud. And so it's 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 the name of a little village. And my maternal grandfather took it because he liked it. And it actually means a turn is the thorn of a rose, and rud is uh, like the nomination of a small village, like in Luxembourg, uh, all the little small villages end with Ange, Petange. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, in France too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a similar thing. So it's Turnerud. Okay, well, I'm really pleased I, I didn't even attempt that. <laughs> no, I, I just dropped that. I just It's Annika. Okay, Annika. And we've already had a chat about the lessons, the story, the transformation that I think people would enjoy listening to but obviously feel free to add in anything you you want let's begin with you being in Luxembourg I know this story with you having three children under one or or something immensely difficult like that have I got that right I don't know if it's immensely difficult because it's the only thing I know so it's my normal but uh, yes I did have three children, my three children in, in a year. So first my oldest and then up. <laughs> uh, a year later, the twins. And I think the thing, if you're, if you're going to say that it's hard, the element that makes it, yes, incredibly hard is that three in that short time period is intense. And then add on that I was very far from my family. Uh, 1,300 kilometers to be exact. Uh, Also, since they were one, one, and two, I've been racing them alone. Uh, And doing that in a foreign country is, yes, I I like to call it intense. And I chose that word because I like intense. I am intense. And I said on my podcast the other day that uh, I'm, I'm aware that I'm intense. And, you know, it's like on a really, really, really warm summer day. When you feel like, oh, this is too much. Well, yeah, just go get some shade. So yeah, it's it's a, it's it's been an element that just from the moment I became a mother, which for me feels like, no mom, mom of three. It happened like like a triple uppercut. 
you shake your head and you move forward. I think the best advice I got when I had my children was from a midwife. She, she'd been around a bit. She was an older midwife. And she said, when you feel like you can't take it anymore, put two doors between you. Uh, and I quite liked that. And I used it a lot. How old were they when I met you? Uh, what year was that? The first time I met you was at the Live to Lead event. I think I did it 14 and 15. I'm not, I'm not sure. Then they were seven, seven and eight. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And when I met you, you were forging out your own path as a trainer. Yes, as a, yes, I was becoming. I was already a certified coach with another organization than the John Maxwell team. Can I share the story of how how we met or how <laughs> my perspective of it? <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, I was very much west coast oriented of america in terms of coaching and who i learned from so not john maxwell team and then uh you know facebook listens to what you say and what you think even i i think so i got this uh, a sponsored ad popping up in my feed over and over it was about some leadership event in luxembourg and i thought interesting and i didn't believe it was a real event because I hadn't seen anything like that in Luxembourg. But then I clicked and I was like, I'm going to go. I went there. It was, I had set my intentions in so many ways. So I ended up sitting on a table on one hand with students from St. George's International School and their teacher. And I was like, wow, what a way to educate youth. And along, there's a red thread here. I have since then delivered multiple, multiple uh, global youth initiative events for the youth at that school. And that I circled that back to that first time I saw how they take care of their students. And on the other side of me, there was a journalist. And so I ended up having my name in the journal and got that contact. And I won. There was a draw and I won a facial treatment that was just heavenly and I wanted to show my appreciation to the organizer which was Jill Saville and uh, so I reached out and I said would you can I offer you a free coaching session and from my uh, <laughs> beginner perspective it was just you know uh, very yeah it was a genuine kind of I want to give back but of course also business strategy somehow yeah yeah but your answer was uh hard for me because you said i already have a mentor and it was like oh okay and you ended up turning it around and inviting me to your book club i mean i'm sure it was a mastermind group uh, but it was the group where we met at house 17 and studied the 21 irrefutable laws and that was like the most exciting thing I had experienced in personal development ever, because until then it had been studying on my own or reading books on my own. And this was exploring a subject that I find incredibly interesting and important, led by someone who asks meaningful and powerful questions in a group with, where everyone does the same. So that was, yeah, that was my first 
very emotional up and down all directions uh, experience in meeting you. And since then, it's been a wonderful, wonderful, incredibly valuable relationship in my life. Thank you. And um, I can remember you at House 17. I can remember you coming in the group and you were just so focused. I learned that you'd been an athlete and everything that you said that you were going to do, you would do. And I just felt that you would fit in the John Maxwell team. And I think that's what I said to you. Yeah, I remember I was in Sweden visiting my family and I got a message from you. I was already in bed, but you know how, you know, you check your phone in bed. I was doing that and I got a message from you and it said that you were celebrating five years with John Maxwell team and the founding members could invite a family member or a close relationship and you wanted to invite me. And I think one minute later I had paid and registered and I was out there. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> Leaders do decide quickly and stick to those decisions. Yeah. Yeah, so you came to the group, you joined the John Maxwell team. We went to America together. Um, what's your journey been like then with the John Maxwell team? I'm so grateful for everything I have experienced in the context of the John Maxwell team. And it all, always goes back to you because if it hadn't been for you making the effort to put on that first Live to Lead event, putting up with me wanting to give you free coaching and instead inviting me in to grow and develop and actually start a powerful growth journey, I would have never experienced living my absolute biggest dreams like becoming a published author five times over, uh, receiving standing ovations from 5,000 people. It's, it's an experience that, oh my goodness, it's, I don't know of a more, I mean, it touches your soul. For anyone listening, in Orlando, we do something called stage time. And you, so you enter into a competition you get critiqued every week by our speaking coach, Roddy Galbraith, who has done wonders for so many of us. And that process is incredibly tough because every single one of us, when you write your speech and you work at home and you practice and you rehearse and you perfect it and you tweak it again and, and then you record it and send it in, I mean, that's your best. I remember once where he said that my opening was powerful and the ending really made sense. But in between, it was just, nah. When you get that, it's, this is horrible, but at least I'm honest. I felt hate. <sighs> but that in itself is the most powerful growth process I've ever been through. But I, I'm with you. I can really see why pop idols and, and anybody on stage gets addicted to, to that. There, there is no feeling like it. Uh. Can I, can I share my number one favorite thing to think of? I was a finalist in that thing we called stage time. And I finished. The ending was that it's not a trophy or prize money that defines your value. It's, it's me. And that was the end of it. And there was a standing ovation. And that, you know, owning your value is still something I struggle a lot mm -hmm. with. So I just turn around to walk off stage and thank, praise the Lord for Rod Galbraith because he, he grabbed me by the arm and said, 
And he got, look at them. And he turned me around and I had to stand there and take it in. And so often I wish that I could just press a button and go back. But what I did, I did, I pulled a clown and I did a floss. Ha ha ha. And then I walked mm -hmm. off stage. Yes, I wish I could go back. And so your business was growing. Uh, you got speeches lined up. And then, of course, COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't say fail. I say, uh, you know, you make an attempt and it didn't necessarily go as you wanted. But with my business, it was, well, in all honesty, the first two years were not at all a business. It was me building myself, getting certifications. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I started, it wasn't a business either. It was a very expensive hobby like it's harshly said but then 2017 2018 it started to look like a business 2019 it was definitely a business um and kicking off 2020 it was going so great i had worked i had phased out of coaching and worked for months and months and months on to creating speaking opportunities and training uh to deliver training for large corporations. And that for anyone who does this, you know very well that it takes sometimes a year. That was one of the most uncomfortable lessons I had to learn as an independent business owner. I thought that you call someone say, hey, you wanna to work together? Yes, yes, and you work and you send the invoice and you get the money. So um, yeah, it can take a year easily if you're a single mother, that's a, that's a tough situation. But so 2020 begins, I had the full first half of the year, like locked, and I had put in all the work. So I felt that life was good. Uh, 12th of March, 2020, in a week, I received the emails that closed, um, yeah, closed the door, basically. it. Now looking back, it terminated my business. I should have just put the full stop there uh, because when you've already put in the months of the work meaning you haven't had income during these months because it's building up to that big invoice you're sending after the workshop <laughs> anyone listening if you know disk disk profiling i'm a high d so for me it wasn't important with contracts and stuff like that if you say yes it's a yes and i will deliver for sure but I learned in a very, very painful way that with large corporations, well, if you want your money as an independent business owner, you should also have a little contract. I didn't. So it was just um, over and done with. And even if I worked really, really hard, you know, I was being agile and flexible and instantly dove into creating my online coaching program. By the end of the year, October, when I was ready to really sell, it just didn't sell, um, not in a way that you can provide for a family. But then again, all of us, we're home, we cannot travel, uh, we cannot put our money where we used to put it. So what do we do instead? Well, we upgrade our home environment, we get a nice home cinema or get a jacuzzi. or So what people put money into, at least in my circles, and as I speak this, I hear my mentor Paul Martinelli said, that's just excuses. Uh, but 
yes, maybe it is excuses, but it's also truth. So by the end of October, I knew that no matter how much I want this to work, it's not working financially. And I don't have a chest of gold in my house. So I need the money to pay for food. So yeah, that's, uh, if people speak about failure, even if I don't see it as a failure, it felt it, the pain, it hurts so much. The best way I can express it is, you know, through your life, you will have multiple different relationships. And this one with my business is the most beautiful one I ever had because there was trust. We were both equally committed. It was just, yeah, the ultimate relationship. And I had to end it. And I'm making an effort to hold myself together now because I can, I can still sit the whole day and just cry because of the loss. It was hard. Uh, and I had to make uh, an intellectual effort to not allow myself to go into feeling like I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't make it work. I think one of the hardest things to go through that was the fact that I'm a coach because I wanted to be a victim. I wanted to give in. I wanted to be depressed and collapse and blame everything and everyone around me. But when you're a trained coach, uh, you have that little voice in your head, pull yourself together, choose better thoughts now. Just choose better thoughts. I mean, it was so hard. I did do some destructive things. I ate chocolate very many kilos of chocolate that I now carry around my body I'm detaching myself from it slowly the I kept saying to my mother throughout 2020 I said it many times crying <laughs> on the phone I said I don't understand how it's possible that someone can work this hard and it doesn't lead to anything and in fact, you say it didn't lead anywhere. And maybe things happen and we can't see where things are leading at the time or how we're growing. One thing that you did do, uh, and I, I, I can't remember, somebody suggested on one of the John Maxwell pages that we start a mastermind group. And you jumped in and said, yeah, she would lead one. And I thought, well, I run them, but I'm not in one. So yeah, I'll be in one. So I chose to be in yours. Um, when would that be? September? Uh, Mar uh, May. We started in May. We started in May and we're still going. Yeah. We're still, we're still going. We liked it. So uh, when we finished one, I think on the third book, and we're all John Maxwell team, and it just keeps us going. I think we need our own community, don't we? Mm. The, the people that you spend most of your time with I can't remember that phrase yeah like you the, become the average, the average of the five people you spend the most time with yeah that's that's right so we're in that group so um you talked about the sense of loss the pain um there were various things I heard like it takes a long time to build a business. If anybody's listening, it, it's hard. Life doesn't work out as we want it to work out. Um, always have a contract. Like you, I don't. Uh, but, you know, for something like that, when you're talking a lot of money, have a contract, particularly a cancellation clause. Um, you also talked there about 
okay, I can't go this direction. Let's go online, let's pivot. You've started something new. Um, and how you were trying to talk to yourself and pick yourself up after your loss. So let's move then to, because you're not still in that state <laughs> of despair. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about where you are now, how you got through it. Yeah. Okay. So before I became an independent, I worked for 14 years for my former employer, uh, the European Parliament. And one of the benefits there is that you can ask for um, long term long term leave. And so I had the opportunity to ask for reinstatement, which, in all truthfulness, I was never ever 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 going to go back there. It was not an easy decision, but when I, I mean, when you're a single mother with three children and you have, you have responsibilities. So yes, it was a decision I worked through mentally for, I don't know, six months. And then I, it was, the, I mean, the decision was made, but the me accepting the process took me months. And then when I finally sent it in, I was, I already knew that, yes, I'm, I'm going back and I wasn't feeling joyful about it, but then I got a very particular opportunity that changed everything. So, um, just want to underline that I am not, I, I am not allowed to speak in my role as an official of the parliament. So this conversation is not about parliament, but it's just my employer. Uh, but the the post I got made me feel like, huh, now I get it. Now it makes sense. Now all this hard work, all this learning, all this growth I have put in for me to become someone who understands things in a uh, in a bigger way, who understands people, who has another type of drive. The growth I've acquired for me as an independent as a human as an employee I didn't have that value before so the post I have now I wouldn't have been able to add value I wouldn't I mean I think I wouldn't even have been considered maybe now all of a sudden I it has gone from I'm never going back there to oh goodness gracious I'm so grateful it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen the way I thought I wanted it to happen, but it happened. And I, I've said over the past years, I don't know a person who is happier than me. And I meant that. Uh, it was a lot about choice. I choose to be happy. But when you choose to be happy, you, as a side effect, you also become happy. And now I say, I don't know a person who feels more grateful about their situation than I do. Yeah, in that same month, January, everything just went like magic. And oh, my goodness, I can, uh, my life changed in, in a way that is just so nice. I, get, I still get to do what I love doing the most, but with a very secure framework. As you were talking there, it reminded me of... Um... When, when I'm working with people who, who were out of work, mm. 
it's important to to prepare and become the person that's ready for the opportunity that comes along yeah and i think that's what you just explained we don't necessarily know the opportunity so we yeah. do what we can do yeah I, I love that you say that because you know we we hear people say it we hear our trainers or our teachers or the guru say that you have to prepare so that you're ready when the opportunity comes but not a lot of people can find that inner drive or motivation to just blindly believe that the opportunity is going to come i mean it's like uh, what direction what kind of opportunity is it it's hard it's really hard to motivate yourself but then again every single person to whom it has happened as if it happens just like that will say that i am so grateful for all the hard work i put in even if nobody believed it would lead to anything or if i was told why do you do that why don't you just go back to your old job and no there it will make sense you cannot be planting seeds for years and years and years and years and it won't start to grow somewhere it may not be like for me it wasn't it didn't turn into the growth I thought it was going to be, but it definitely paid off. Yes, that's true. I think it's John, one of John's quotes that says, when opportunity knocks, it's too late to prepare. Yeah. That's how he puts it. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's finish now with what are you most proud of? It's like, obviously, you're going to be most proud of your kids, but uh, I will share a concrete example. So there's the, you know, TEDx. Yeah. Yeah. And yesterday I got an email from the organizers of the TEDx Luxembourg. And it was an invitation to youth to share uh, a story on education and passion. So I wrote to my children and let them know. I said, there's, there's this thing. They know about TEDx because they, they see me listen to things and... I said, if anyone of you wants to do this, or if you want to do it together, there's an opportunity now, and you have until Friday. And I said, I will help you. Both twins said, yeah, yeah, I'm in. And I was, I'm like, you know, jaw dropping. I was like, what? Every time they have that courage, I just, what? And my daughter dove in and she wanted details. And it's like, what, what should I talk about? I said, you need to talk about what you want to talk about, but in the scope of education, how you learn and passion. And then she says, okay, I'll write something out and I'll send it to you. 20 minutes later, she calls again and she says, okay, I've sent you now. Can you look and tell me what you think? She had made uh, on two papers, a bulleted list, writing out what she loves. And she had focused on her rabbit, Puff. And the moment that just had me ugly cry was uh it said she had little subtitles and this one said what i've learned from puff that it's important to respect one's privacy and i just <laughs> you know because how can this little girl understand from her rabbit that yeah it's one thing to understand that if you just put your hand into his cage he will go ah, because that's his space and you can't do that. You have to wait for him to come out. But to take that into a lesson and understand that also for us as humans, when you have your private space, your 
can't just move into that without asking permission or you need to, to ask permission and take it easy. I was so impressed. Like I'm not easily impressed. You know that about me, Jill. But to have my 12-year-old daughter in in my area, meaning personal development, impress me, I I was so proud. So that was the last time. So it happens on a regular basis that I really am proud of them. And then to be quite bold, I will even say that I am proud of my parenting because I've been very, very intentional about it. And, and sometimes it's been hard. I remember a specific moment with you at the Starbucks cafeteria in Orlando, Florida, at the Marriott World Center Hotel. I shared with you that it was hard to be away from my children, the sacrifice I made to choose me and leave them home. And that conversation, okay, I don't think of it every day, but it was very, very profound for me because you said it's important that I can live as the role model I want to be for them. And is it important for them to see that I can travel to the other side of the world and learn a lot of things and come back and be happy? And it's hard to look at, look at it from that perspective when you're the mom, but it really meant a lot to me. So yes, I will say I am, I am proud of myself how I do things because it's, it's, I keep making what I believe is the right choice. And that's not the easy choice. I don't know, as a Swedish person, you're not allowed to say that. So I feel very uncomfortable now, but for that reason, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with it. No, you stick with it. And when when you said, oh, we had a conversation, <laughs> I thought, oh, what's coming now? I, I mean, I would say that to every woman that's listening. It is important for our children to see us going and achieving and doing things because it makes them see things are possible. Thank you. I'm sure that your story and the lessons that you learned, particularly the lesson that you can have a big, a grand goal to add value to a lot of people, Mm. And you can end up doing it, but not necessarily in the way that you thought it would happen. So, yeah, well done. I look forward to staying in touch with you and yeah. sharing more of your journey. Yeah, I, I want to say that I love how smoothly and seemingly effortlessly you take anyone's, everyone's opinion, uh, perspective and input into consideration and in a very thoughtful uh, way combine it with your knowledge and wisdom and make conclusions and sometimes solutions that are so valuable it's a fine 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 skill you have jill <laughs> that's wonderful thank you uh, well i'll leave that bit in i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i won't cut that bit out yeah. thank you so much annika uh, for giving up your time i know you're super busy and um i'll see you on thursday i think yes and thank you Goodbye. for having me it was a pleasure jill you're welcome bye <laughs>